Disclaimer. AFL players, coaches, and umpires are professionals. The hilarious remarks and nicknames said in this podcast are not intended to be offensive in any way. Listener discretion is advised. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. All right, this is the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs. I'm here with my cousin, Jados. Coach of NFNL, KFKL, no Fife, no life, no Fife, no life. Man, it's been a roller coaster of a weekend. Well, it's been a long weekend, hasn't it? It's been all downs, mate, no ups. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even a roller coaster, it's just a... It's a dud company that's trending downwards, fantasy in, in general. <laughs> You're so flat, mate. It's a, it's a crap game. Bring the energy. We're supposed to be the fun the AFL fantasy podcast. It's not fun, mate, when you keep logging into your team and seeing Quagmire looking back at you with his 67s. <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? The last two games of the round have been utterly depressing for both of us. I thought I was going to storm home. You did, mate. Well, no, I, I had Nick Dacos, so that's the one shining light for me, which we'll talk about in a sec because you still don't have him. That's right. Um, but man, I really thought my ranking would skyrocket in the last two games because I had five players and they were all shit players. I had Grundy, I had um, Andy McGrath. They all just sucked. And it's put us in a terrible mood for the podcast, but I'm trying to bring the <laughs> I'm trying to bring the energy, mate, because I know you're not. Nah, I'm I'm up and about, mate. I've got got a, an unnamed beverage into me, and I'm feeling a little bit better. <laughs> unnamed beverage. A bit, You've a got li- lots of all different beverages into you. I'm feeling a little bit better about life, a little bit better about <laughs> fantasy. So, one thing that has helped is that lockout lifted about ten minutes ago, and we we've made our rage trades. We got our. Uh, primos that we held on the bench back onto our ground. Oh, it's the only thing that's going to get me through this podcast. <laughs> I tell you what, Tom Green's chubby ginger face is an absolute godsend this week. <laughs> Welcome back, big man. It's good to have you. It's good uh, to have you on field. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the round, recap what's happened. What did you score, cuz? Mate, this week, I don't even want to say, but this week I scored 1962. And my rank is 12,989. And it was actually looking really good after the first couple of games, but it quickly went downhill and then just kept going downhill for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> what about you, mate? Um, I scored a 1994. I pipped you at the end there with Dacos. Yeah, we were we were versing head-to-head in classic. We sure were, yeah, in our league matchup. I've got some words for Matty Roberts. <laughs> and um, my rank is 6,887th. So I'm still I'm still in hat territory if the boys can pull their fingers out. You're in you're always in hat territory if you've got enough optimism and gusto, yeah, mate. That's true. I'm in hat territory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. You. you tell yourself that. The subs are coming back. <laughs> Well, maybe we'll talk about your moves. I think you've got some drastic things planned to turn the season around. It's getting crazy in super, <laughs> in super subs land. It's- you're either going to storm home for a hat with your moves or you're going to finish like 30,000th this year. It's a risk I'm willing to take at this point. <laughs> you've got to swing the bat. It's getting, it's getting wild. <laughs> so let's get into our hogs and flogs for the week. Let's start with our hogs. 
So who did you have, cousin? Well, there was one man who lifted me up this weekend. And it was a man who I wasn't very confident in. Me and him have had our issues in the past. I famously traded him out last year before he went on his on his massive run. But Connor Rosie against the Eagles, 133. It was the most beautiful thing I've seen all year. It just, from start to finish, he just put, just put points up on West Coast. And it just feels good to have someone in my team who's doing their job. Shout out to Connor Rosie. Loved your work this week. Awesome. Yeah, he was great. It hurt me as a non-owner, but whatever. Take the good with the bad. My hog for this week is Stephen Canelio. Mate, he owed me this one, and he's finally starting to get his season on track. A 135. This is what I expected right from the start. You know, he's been playing like full-time mid. We know he's an A grader when he's in there. And he just, he'd faded out of his first four games in a row. But this week, he finally put together four quarters and he had a massive one, three, five. So good on you, Steven. I'm proud of you. Keep it up. I need more of this in my team. All right, cousin, <laughs> let's get into the flogs. I know there are many for this week, but- uh, There are many. Try, <laughs> try, and, try and give me the biggest flog in your team. All right, well, this week, I'm giving it to myself. Oh, okay. For prioritizing a cash gen trade- and getting in Maddie Roberts over Grundy to English and costing myself about 150 points. Yikes. Yeah, it, I don't even know what to say. That's, it's just a, a silly move. I thought cash gen is key. Grundy will score well on the Tigers. English will score poorly against Freo, as all Ruckman have been doing this year, and it did not go that way slightly. Then Maddie Roberts gets injured on his 19, and all I feel is intense pain. <laughs> yeah, well, we talked about this for probably an hour or so on Friday because we both had the opportunity opportunity to go from Grundy to English, and I think we're both really keen on it. But English played the first game of the round, so he had to lock that trade in. And also, he played against Sean Darcy, who no other Ruckman has cracked like 75 against. Yeah, Ruck's, Ruck averages are so far down against yeah. Freo this year. And I was like, well, I mean... We're looking to get English next week. So if we can square it away, we might as well do it. But there was just that sort of flag like Gorn's coming back from like what, four weeks out of the game. Yeah, we he thought- could play low tog. He could just sit forward. We're just like, we'll just give Grundy one more. Against a ruckless against, Richmond. Yeah, Samson Ryan. And Miller. Like, oh. Yeah. So we're like, okay, we'll give Grundy one more and we'll pull our other trades. And it just backfired so badly because English is the GOAT. Yeah, and so I guess my flog this week is just that entire trade situation. Grundy, Roberts, and me. <laughs> All flogs. <laughs> Who's yours, mate? Oh, uh, okay. My flog for this week is Darcy Wilmot. I know I shouldn't give it to a rookie. It's unfair. I've got other underperforming players, but 22. Mate, that is nowhere near enough points. He played the full game, and he played on the wing what are you doing? He's just, he was in no man's land. He was, he was just on the fat side of the wing the whole game and it just didn't get, didn't get switched like once. It was so terrible to watch. I, like, yeah, he was, he was just the invisible man for the whole game. Flog behavior, mate. 22 is not good enough. I almost lost our matchup because of it. Um, I got kissed because of Robert's injury, but man. I'll hold on to that for the rest of my life. Yeah, you do that. What happened? You do that. <laughs> you know what's funny? I really wish that we had started a podcast last year. 
<laughs> when we both had good seasons, really, for the entire year. Hey, I'm not having a bad season. Not as good as last year, though. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's early days still, Look, it is. It is. Stay early positive. Days. I'm staying positive. I can't believe mate. you gave yourself the flog. Look. What's happened, mate? <laughs> <laughs> You used to have the biggest ego in the whole world. Look, I'm the man, but... And now you're the, baking yourself. Even the man makes mistakes, mate. Really, it's Grundy's fault and also Robert's, but... Get yourself together. Look, I've got a, I've got a coaching <laughs> seminar lined up this week, mate. Yep. I'm going to I'm gonna attend the seminar, <laughs> refresh refresh my mind. And is it being run by yourself? It is, mate. <laughs> it's it's being run by 2022 me. Yeah, you need a little, like, retreat. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my head right. I'm gonna come back into the game, and next week is gonna be a big week at Subs HQ, mate. Mark <laughs> my words. All right, they've been marked. Um, let's get into our next segment. This is our opportunity to get some things off our chest. This is hot bakes. Hot bakes. All right, so. Hot bakes. We are hot baking, and my hot bake is directed at you, mate. This is a quote from yourself last night. F- Brody Grundy. I went Chandler to Laird instead of Grundy to English. So Grundy needs to outscore Chando by nine, and he's not even good enough to do that. Then today, watching the game, getting upset about your poor scores when you've got a 140 there. You get to watch Nick Dacos rack up and you're still a big salty man. Mr. First World Problems over here has a great team. Dacos running around. You got Rory Laird in this week and you're still unhappy. I traded in a 19 on field. (laughs) I got Matty Roberts running around, getting hurt, doing nothing. And you got, you're bringing in guys for 120s and you're still sad. Get a grip, cuz. You are hot baked this week. <laughs> okay. You, yeah, I want nice. You to, good on you. I want you to watch Dacos. Good for you. And feel the joy, mate. <laughs> Not feel sadness that I feel. <laughs> if I had Nick Dacos in my team, I'd be a happy man. But it's just not to be, mate. So what I'm saying is appreciate what you've got, mate. So you're saying I'm not allowed to be upset that I had a player that was 840K that dropped a 54 and got outscored by the rookie that I traded out. But you brought in lead. <laughs> you brought yeah, in lead. Yeah, but I'm saying that my other trade scenario would have net me more points. So I'm I'm upset that my trade cost me points and that I'm sitting there watching a primo drop a 54. But your trade didn't cost you points. It made you points. No, it didn't. It did. It made no, you points. No, but the other scenario would have made me more points. Mate, my trades actually cost me points. <laughs> I, I've, I think I've cost myself points with my trades last three weeks in a row, mate. That's just spud behavior. It's not going That's, well. You know what? You know what? I'm going to bake you, cuz. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't actually going to bake dog. anyone on this podcast. <laughs> But you've brought it out. You're bringing out the worst in me. All right, let's let's cast our minds back to round four. Yep. Now, which two primos were we forced to trade that week? Uh, two big defender primos. Oh, Day and Doc. Yep, Day and Doc. Now, the two of us didn't have Dacos in our team. And what did you do? You decided not to bring in Dacos. I got, and now you're chucking the biggest sook. Oh, I got Josh Kelly. The sook isn't about Dacos. <laughs> it's about you not appreciating him enough, man. You could have got two primos, and you did. You decided to get Josh Kelly and Dawson. And Dawson hey, both ha- have been good. I'm happy with. So the you're trade. not allowed to be upset about not having Dacos. That's you chose. I'm not- you chose 
other people instead of him. That was your perfect week. No, I'm not upset about not having Dacos. I'm upset at you doing good trades and still being a sook <laughs> no, this is all a separate, weekend. No, dog. this is a separate bait. This is unrelated to it, me. It's directly related to it, mate. <laughs> this is Family Feud Part 3 at this point. We're going to have to settle this off air with a fight to the death. Yeah. Only one of us is going to be doing the pod next week. <laughs> Solo pod. Just big, long monologue. Mate, the, the thing is, you could have got Dacos. You had two... Defender Primo's out that week. Look, I'm happy, and you I, decided not to get him. You faded him consciously. I'm happy You're not allowed that. to be upset. I'm, I'm not. I'm not upset about Dacos. I'm upset about the f-ing coaches every week that don't tag. <laughs> forty. He had forty disposals and two goals. Wins the Anzac Day medal in a comeback win for Collingwood. Brad Scott just sitting in the coach's box. What's he doing, mate? What is he doing in the coach's box? He's not coaching. He's just watching the players Keebs. run around. Keebs, like mate. Like a f***ing spud. Ross Lyon Keebs, last mate. week. Dacos, 40 again. Snags. No, we probably should have tagged him. No shit, mate. <laughs> he's literally the greatest AFL player of all time. No, he's not. He's averaging like 38 disposals this year. He's kicked six goals from half back. He's not getting tagged. What's going on? Someone, please do something. I can't oh. believe it. Snelling went to him early and we were like, all right, yeah, Snelling is going to tag. No, he doesn't give a shit, mate. Just watches him run off and rack up touches. Disgusting behaviour. Every coach in the AFL who's played Collingwood so far deserves a hot bake and to lose their job. Keeps the whole <laughs> of Australia is laughing at you right now. No, mate, because he... <laughs> his ownership isn't 100%, mate. There's mm. other people that feel my pain. If you get him in, it all changes. It but all it... changes. Your fortunes will change. Nah, he's getting tagged this week <laughs> by Ben Keys. All right. And then next week by Ryan Clark. Stick fat. And but... Then- and then I can sleep at night, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are so stubborn about this. What did you say to me off air before we recorded? I, I actually don't remember. You don't re- <laughs> you said <laughs> You said, oh, that's my big issue. I'm too stubborn about these things. Yeah, but... Is yeah. that not your fantasy learning for this year? Look, I am stubborn. You continue to take him on. Yeah, but he, what does he cost so now? So live like, with the consequences. 950K. I'm getting an English this week, potentially. I don't. I can't get in Dacos. I can't get English in Dacos the same now. week, mate. You can't now. He's too expensive. And he's going to get tagged. All right. It's going to be retribution when he finally does. You're going to strut in here like the king of this if he gets, whole fantasy community. If he gets tagged to like a 50 or a 60 next week, I'm going to strip naked and just run laps of Perth City. <laughs> and just hold hold a flag of whoever tags him, just their face. Yeah. And just scream happy, happy things. Ben Keys. Like a crazy man. Ben Keys. You love Ben Keys as well. Look, I do. You'd love to do that. If ben, look, if ben Keys tags next week and does a good job, oh, mate, I just happy things. All right. Ben, I'll hold you to that. I've got Keys in Keeper. Drop a 10, mate. Drop a 10, but tag Nick Dacos, and you and me will be boys forever. All right, I'm glad I got that out, mate. We can continue with the rest of the pod now and bring bring happy, happy vibes to the listeners. Let's get into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Sting it. It's the good, the bad, the ugly. We wrap up everything that happened in every game. Well, not everything that happened, but we're talking about every good single thing. <laughs> All 44, 46 scores from the game even. Yep. Right here, right now. Yep. All right. 
Who do you want to talk about first? <laughs> I, was, I was expecting you to just get straight into it. All right, this is going to be the longest pod in history. We're just we're getting goofy with it. Um, we are getting goofy with it. The first game was Fremantle versus Western Bulldogs. And right off the bat, who was good? Marcus Bont and Pelly finally put together a huge game. He put together four quarters, dropped a 140. And yeah, I mean, it was only a matter of time. I, th- I tweeted that on our... Twitter, um, he's started every single game well and then just faded in the last quarter. But man, he's such a beast. I was so keen on him in the preseason. I didn't do it. But yeah, I'm not surprised at the score at all. He was my VC and super coach, so at least I had something to enjoy. Who's next? Uh, it hurts me to say it because we don't own him, but Tim English, he's just good every week. The stats were put all over Twitter for everyone to see. Rucks don't score well on Freo. Well, Tim English isn't a ruck. He's a midfielder, and he absolutely racked up. 129? Oh, mate. It's just... He does everything, man. He kick, like <laughs> he finds the pill so much. He gets a bunch of hit-outs. Like, not heaps of hit-outs. Like, high 20s, maybe, he yeah. averages. Not like the most dominant tap ruckman, but he's definitely improved in that area. He's an, an amazing overhead mark. He kicks snags, like... Does it all. He's going to be Tackles. a pig. He's legitimately going to be a pig. He looks like That's Prime Grundy, man. He and looks No, he looks much better than Prime Grundy, mate. <laughs> Prime Grundy was like a hit-out beast who would rack up and average like low 20s. Tim English is just another level to that, mate. He's, he's a legit huge midfielder and he's a freak. He's going to be a pig. I'm calling it now. It is happening. The crazy thing is he's been up against like hard rock matchups and yeah. he's about to go on the softest run. It's nuts. It's like Melbourne, Brisbane, Frio, all hard rucks to score on and yeah. just scream well. Here's who he's got. He's got Hawks, GWS, Carlton, Adelaide, Gold Coast, Geelong, Port Adelaide, North Melbourne, and then the bye. That's ridiculous. Nuts. Big man's going to average 130. Yeah, he's he's unstoppable, mate. Anyway, I'm getting him in this week, so I'm I'm excited. I might be, or it might be getting very weird at subs HQ. Okay, so the first bad player from the Fremantle versus Western Bulldogs game is Jason Johannesson. Sucked in, Keeves, you got him. Mate, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? He, he scored 67, which doesn't like jump off the page at you as a great score, but he beat his B by 46. I got him in to replace a rookie, and he was the highest scoring Dogs defender. He had 21 touches. Only one mark. That's going up. Two tackles. That might even go up. He's that's that is a fine score. I'm happy with that in my team. You're happy with a sixty. I'm happy with a sixty-seven from a guy who cost four ninety-two k, and I got in as a cash generator. He did his job, and I reckon his scoring is going to go up. Like I said, highest scoring dogs defender this week. He did his job. He's going up. He outscored Wilmot by what 40, 45? That's called Roberts by 48. Like, he did his job. He he smashed all the rookies this week, so. Not all the rookies. He, he, he smashed out, some. Yeah, he out, outscored Jinby still. Yeah. He'll get better. You're right. The, the fact that he's the dog's highest scoring defender is is probably a good sign. Like, he'll, he'll be better than that. But you can't say that. He got, 67 he got heaps of the ball, too. Isn't bad. It's not, it's not bad. Not for his price. All right. All right. All right. We'll he, move on. He was priced under, and he smashed his B. He didn't win you all matchup, though. No, he didn't, but <laughs> f- you, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on then. Who's your bad? 
My bad from this game is Hayden Young. He's just having a bad year. Scored more than 67. He did, but he also cost 769K off the top at the start of the year. Not 492, mate. Yeah, look, no, I'm not trying to defend Hayden Young. He was in a bad category last week as well. And I have a feeling he's going to be there a find lot his Yeah, find his way there quite a lot this year. He's just not demanding the ball. He's He's performing significantly worse than he did last year. Like I said, not demanding the ball. He's not really spreading for plus sixes. He's not getting involved, not taking too many intercepts. Just just having a bad year, especially when you consider Luke Ryan is averaging like an astronomical number as you know a Freo halfback. Freo had been playing a super junky game style for their defenders, but Young is just not does doesn't care for it apparently. No, yeah, he's bad. Um, okay, now we're into the ugly category, and I want to put up Ed Richards' name. He's been solid so far this year, and he's basically just done undone all his good work in one score. So, yeah, it's a bit of a gross one. All the Dogs defenders were pretty bad in this one. You deserve a light bake for this, mate, because you're Ed Richards' love at the start of the year, and he is now underperforming considerably. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll wear <laughs> that. That is not the worst recommendation. It's definitely not, but it's still a bad one. Do you want me to bring up your recommendations again? Hey. Hey, you try and bake me every week on the pod. <laughs> I'll, leave, I'll leave you be. I'll leave you be. Go on, who's your ugly for this game? Sorry we don't all recommend super popular primos, mate. But <laughs> so, someone has to add value all to the community. All my pod merchants have still been pods. It's getting They've been under 5% pods ownership. That, pods that everyone knows about, mate. Yeah, it's getting, I'm, it's getting tense I'm on the cousin's pod. <laughs> I'm recommending plays that I think will be good and they've been good. All right, now up on our latest pod merchants, Tim English. <laughs> You're so funny, mate. Yeah, thanks, You're mate. hilarious. Appreciate it. Someone, right, go on. Someone in the family has go to be, on. don't they? <laughs> no, okay. Look, it's the same It's the same boat, really. My, my ugly for this game is Bailey Dale. <laughs> Just doing gross stuff. The Dogs defenders have been weirdly inconsistent all year, every single one of them. It's a strange strange season at the Kennel, but uh, yeah, Bailey Dale has just not really put up the numbers that we we probably thought he would in the preseason. He's definitely not living up to his All-Australian status, so. No. All right, let's move on to the next game. We have Port Adelaide versus West Coast Eagles, and I lost my notes for one second there. All right, I got them back. Oh, this one hurts me to say, but Jaden Hunt was awesome. He scored a 90. He junked it so hard in that last quarter. He had like a 40-point quarter. And, man, he's the one that got away. It's a heartbreaker, Jaden Hunt. It is. It is quite upsetting. I'm sorry. I just I pulled a weird face and I, I got slightly off track because after our, our ugly chat, I looked up Bailey Dale's stats on the year. He's averaging 69.8. Eee. That is disgusting. He scored... Sub 63 times and has a 62 in there. Disgusting. All right, sorry, continue. That's all I wanted to say, yeah. Jaden Hunt is a heartbreaker. Yeah, it's been painful. He's over 600K now, man, and we're both keen on him all preseason. Let's let's not talk about it anymore. I think think we've definitely learned for next year that we we need to take the plunge more in our picks. Yeah. just, Just go for it. My my good for this game, already touched on him, but Connor Rosie, he's up to a 99.8 for the year average. He's smashing what he was priced at um, to start the year, and he's just in some terrific form now, has that easy run coming up too, so Connor Rosie. All right, I'm going to nominate 
Alex Witherden in the bad category. He scored a 79, which is not terrible. And I don't even know what you'd expect from him at this stage, but we're, we're, we're kind of, we're going to mention it because he's had a terrible season. And, yep. You know, what did he average last year? Like mid nineties or something. Yeah. He also had the most kick-ins for West Coast in this game. And he still dropped that bad score. He's always been one of those kicking guys. Like anytime, I mean, did Hearn play? I don't think Hearn played, no, right? No, not this week, man. No. Yeah. So, Witho, mate, got to do better than that. Yep. I've I already been draft, and it's been a rough. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you do a rough start. Uh okay. My bad for this game was. This might be a contentious one, but Zach Butters, mainly for what he did in the first half, it looked like he was going to drop a sixty in this game. He ended up getting to eighty-eight, but. I think owners were probably expecting a bit more. Uh, I saw a lot against of, West Coast. Yeah, well, a lot of people sort of came out on Twitter this week and gave him a pump up, saying that you know they think he could average ninety five to hundred. And I've never really seen Butters as that guy, and he keeps keeps letting us down year year after year. So this was, I guess, just more evidence of that. Eighty eight is not a terrible score, but what he did in the first half was, and he really should have been able to produce a little bit more against West Coast. I think it's still a bit of a watch this space. Like 88, if you if you have a down game for an 88, then still could easily average a 95 from here. Yeah, he could, but I, I, I guess I'm just basing <clears throat> my, had, my prediction He had CBAs again, so... What I've seen. His CBAs aren't super high, though. They're kind of around halfway. I think he was third most for Port, but 16, which is not like a massive amount for the game. Um, he was only four behind Rosie. Yeah, but Rosie scored 133, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that'll segue into our ugly for this game because <clears throat> JHF had more CBAs than Butters and only managed a 38. So, uh, I mean, what is there to say? The score speaks for itself. That's terrible, terrible, terrible stuff. We're, we're one week on from Ken's comments about defending JHF, so I feel like he's fair game now to just... Lay the boots into it. <laughs> to let rip. JHF sucks at fantasy, man. Yeah, he sucks at fantasy. That's a given. Anyway, that was ugly. Who's yours for this game? Ollie Wines. He's averaging 75 on the year. Can't produce good scores against anyone. How is this man a Brownlow medalist? I don't understand. Harry, Harry, our friend Harry is going to hear this and probably be a big salty man because he loves Ollie Wines, but Ollie Wines is bad. He's not bad. He's bad. He, now he's bad at footy. He's bad at fantasy. He's okay. Mate, he's, he's averaging 75. Yeah, ha- but I'm, to, I'm talking about footy. How many Brownlow votes would the Brownlow medalist have this year? You're yeah, probably not many. <laughs> Big fat donuts, mate. That's how many. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Fair he's, point. He's gonna, he's, I think he's under 700K as we speak. That's so cheap. I owned him last year and I hated it. It's I not, hated every second of it. It's not cheap for a man averaging 75, though. Yeah. Yeah. Just all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was awkward. Let's uh, move on to the next game. I was expecting you to get straight into it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm just <laughs> I'm just trying to wind you up at this point. I think you've had one too many, mate. Let's get into the next game. <laughs> Oh, that's going to have I feel to be- like I have so much power. I can just stop talking whenever I want. That's going to have to be cut mm. out and just put on the end. Maybe. With some funny content. Or maybe we'll just keep it rolling. All right, let, let, let's actually just keep it rolling. It's going to be just the weirdest, the weirdest little <laughs> section for our listeners to listen to. <laughs> like, what the f*** is going on? Well, listeners, 
at this point, you might be very confused because we might have cut the last minute and a half <laughs> of what just happened. Or you're just listening to us drag this on and on and on. We'll decide later. Either way, <laughs> we've just been talking mad shit for like a minute. Um, and we're going to move on to the Giants versus Brisbane. And I want to say that Cogs was awesome. I pumped him up in my hog section. So I don't think I need to say much else. One, three, five from the big man. Beautiful. Good stuff. Yeah, my good from this game. He deserves a mention because last week I slammed him. But Josh Kelly, 125. He was both our captain this week. Um, and what he produced was just beautiful to watch. It brought a tear to the eye and it made me feel significantly better about my decisions from last week. So Josh Kelly, great stuff. Josh Kelly is such a stud and he's so good to watch when he's rolling. Um, it's that's nice that he bounced back. That's why last week was so confusing and it's still- It was is. just an off game. It was an anomaly, but yeah, he's back. It's Josh Kelly. He's the man. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to say that Dunks was bad again. He's terrible, man. I- I don't think he's going to average 100 this year. I've said it. Well, the one flag on that is a few years ago in the first six rounds of, I want to say, 2019, he was terrible, 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 and then smashed it for the rest of the year and went at like 120. So Dunks is the type of player that could just turn it on at any point. But is it Brisbane's game style? Maybe. I mean, if you look at the way that they've all been scoring – I would say that it is. Well, McGluggage just had a 94, which is his best score of the year by about 15 points. Yeah, but he didn't even ton up, you know? Yeah. Like you said, oh, yeah, McGluggage has turned it around, yeah. But he hasn't even... No, he hasn't turned it around. No no way. No way. So, Dunks, man, it's so frustrating. The the point was just how bad McGluggage has been. Right, yeah. And just how bad Brisbane have been for a fantasy team. So, yeah, Dunks, man, it's... uh, Alarm bells are ringing, but you can't... He's already lost so much value that, I don't know, would you jump off? You talked about it. Yeah, well, I briefly considered it because I was looking at to see if I could get Grundy and Dunks to English and Dacos, but I can't. I just can't afford it. He's, you know, eight eight fifty three is what he costs now. He's, he's lost over 100K. So at this point, you know, I think because he's so popular, you probably just write it out, but if it's an absolute luxury and you want to be unique, I think you could you could probably roll against him if you were going to get an uber primo mid. Like I, I would happily trade Dunks to Laird or even Sarong, like you know, someone of that caliber because at this stage it looks like they could average 20 points more than Dunks and, you know, be, be a legit VCC option. Dunks, we, we both sort of rolled with him as a captain option in the first few weeks and he just burnt us and he, yeah. he just keeps burning people, so... I think he's cooked. I think so, yeah. Like, they've been steamrolling teams and he's just happy to sit back and, you know, like, not junk it. Doesn't really care for it. So different to the way the dogs used to play. Yeah, and to clarify, cook doesn't mean he's bad, bad by any means. It just means that he's not going to be the he's one. not the Uber. Yeah, not the Uber primo we thought he was going to be. But we've all, we're all stuck with him now at this point. So maybe a luxury trade once we complete our teams. Yeah. All right, my bad from this game was Finn Callahan. He's just been disappointing this year for for what everyone was expecting. He hasn't quite put out put out the numbers that we thought. He's had a couple of good games, but this score in the 60s is just not really what people want. And he has only risen in price by 120k in six games. So I was off him from the start. I started with Bytel over him, but didn't quite work out. I'm going to nominate. Darcy Wilmot. It hurts to say it. Ugly, ugly stuff, man. I talked about it in my flogs. He's a flog. 
He's a flog. He's never going on ground for me ever again. Actually, I get to loophole him this week. So possibly. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's right, pretty funny. <laughs> but my ugly for this week is Lockie Neal. Dropped a 70. And again, it's just another one of the do- the sorry, the the Lions mids that's just been disappointing all year. We thought that he could be a great option last week after his 116. We thought 118, sorry, I think. We thought maybe he's turned it around and he's going to get amongst it, but 70, just yuck. I think he's got three 70s on the year. It's just terrible stuff. It's really bad. And they don't seem to want to junk it really. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just Brisbane things these days, I guess. All right, next game. <laughs> don't sound too upset there, mate. <laughs> I don't know why I'm upset. Just I don't flat, have ne- Just so flat. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'm bringing the energy. All right, let's do it. Next game, Geelong versus Sydney. Stewart. Stewart was good. He's in my team. I'm really happy about it. 100 on the dot. I didn't get to watch this game, but um, to open up my phone to see a ton from my defender primo in this game was just nice to see. Yeah, it's been a rocky start. Well, a rocky start to my relationship with Stu after his 70, but he's been so solid since. And he's going to be real close to being a top six defender, so... You love to see tons from the from the big man. All right, my good for this game is Paddy Dangerfield. 110 he scored. He's averaging 90 on the year now, and no one really considered him. Well, I mean, I, I don't think many people would have considered him as a legit classic option. And, you know, he might he still might not be, but he's definitely exceeding expectations from a fantasy point of view. So shout out to Paddy. Can still get it done. Um, if he ever gets forward status at, at any point this year. Maybe like it could be a late target if he has a nice juicy matchup in like the last two rounds or something. Yeah. You know, one of those really naughty moves at the end of the year. It would really have to be matchup based. But yeah, I agree. He could potentially find his way into some teams if he if he does if his draw opens up. Yeah. All right. So bad for this game was Errol Goulden. Man, just what a poor, poor year it feels like he's having. Maybe it's just the weight of expectation after that preseason game. But another one that I feel like has sucked me in. And I I think we talked about it like just before round one. And I was like, man, Goulden could be that guy that sucks us in. But it's just that fear of him being the real deal. It's like, I'm not, I'm not willing to take that risk. And now I just feel like a sucker. Yeah, it's frustrating because he's not quite performing to the, the expectations that we had. But he's still, you know... He's still outperforming his price. 89's by no means a horrible average. It's just not really top six worthy. And it's kind of frustrating that we burnt a starting spot on him. But yeah, I don't know. You kind of expect scores like this from someone someone like Gordon. He's still young and third year player, but yeah, you know, mid a mid nineties average would certainly be a lot nicer than an eighty nine. Yeah. I think the thing that's in his favor is that he gave away a bunch of free kicks. The team got pummeled as well. Also kicked 0-3. Yeah, zero goals, three. So, yeah, if that's his flaw, then it's not it's not the worst. But, man, he can really go missing for extended periods of a game. I'd love some more CBAs as well. He, yeah. his, his numbers are not really smashing over the last few weeks. It's a slight, yeah, it's a slight concern, the CBA numbers. But I think the Swans CBAs are always just going to be like... All over kinda, the place. Yeah, just... It could be anything, like from week to week, you really just don't know what to expect from their midfielders. So you kind of just have to ride the goods with the bads. And yeah. 
All right, my bad for this week. Jake Lloyd, I pumped him up a lot on the pod so far this year as still being the primo that he once was, but 78 this week. It's his worst score for the year, and it's a little bit disappointing, but, yeah, that's just not not what you want from someone like Jake Lloyd. All right, my ugly for this week is Mitch Duncan. Now, he got tagged to a 44, and he's backing that up after a 55 last week. So that's terrible for anyone who jumped on him as a pod two weeks ago after his 120-odd. Just disgusting. You'd never want to see that from a primo. Yeah. So uh, Trading in a primo for a less than a 50 average. <laughs> that's that's gross, mate. That's, that's, that's no good. Yeah. No good at all. But. Yeah. He he actually he did cop some defensive attention in this game. Like he was he was getting a bit of a tag from Ryan Clark, but still that's just disgusting, mate. All right, my ugly, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because it makes me want to just throw things. Matty Roberts, like, you know, it's not entirely his fault because he spent and this is oh, I don't even <laughs> he spent 21 minutes in a row on the bench. From the first quarter and then quarter time and then into the second quarter. No one needs to spend 21 minutes on the bench in any game of anything ever in the history of the world. It's crazy. That what? can't be right. It is. It is 21 minutes. It's crap. Okay, so you're, wait, you're counting. Are you counting quarter time? Yeah. So I'm, I'm not. You can't count that. It doesn't count as game time, but it counts in time as time for him resting. During the quarter time break. Yeah, I you're see not, what you're, you're not running around yeah. during the quarter time If you have break. a long rest at the end of the first quarter, you would expect to start on the ground in the second quarter. Exactly. So he spent 21 minutes in a row resting. That is crap. And then he comes back on, hurts himself on 19 off super low tog. It's not really his fault because, you know, he's, he's a rookie. It's an injury. But, man, it's just so frustrating to trade in someone for a score like that. Just a flop, just a huge flop. John Longmire, it's really your fault, but also Matty Roberts. Just be tougher. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next game, Crows versus Hawks. And hold the phone. It is time for the Rob check-in. Big man had 71 <laughs> from 41 hitouts. He actually had a crap game. Didn't um, do much around 10, the ground. He had 10 disposals, zero marks. Man, the big fella, good thing, um, yeah, good thing the Crows won that because he could, he could have found himself out of the team. Big Strawny had 50 hitouts in the VFL, uh, in Jeez. the Sandful and dropped a 118. So Jeez. Rob, <laughs> Rob might be in trouble, guys. He'll be right. Spells danger for the big man. He'll be right, but well, yeah. They got you got to pick win. it up, big fella. If you want to stay in the team, our reputation is on the line. It is. If you're listening to this, Riley... <laughs> Pick it up. We're all in. We're all in, mate. We want the best for you, mate. We're cheering for you. I will support Rob till the day I die. If he, for whatever reason, moves to WA when he's a 35-year-old man and isn't playing AFL and he plays Waffle for West Perth, I'll go to the games and I'll get a, I'll get around big Rob. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we love you, Rob. <laughs> we love you. Um, My good for this game, I'm nominating Rory Laird. He was my inclusion, and I really needed him to be good. After no, I thought he sucked, mate. No, he was amazing. <laughs> he was amazing. He was incredible. He's the only thing that kept me sane this week. Um, good job, Rory. 12 tackles. That's what we like to see. He had a bit of a knee scare at the end. They were like rubbing it 
Um, but I think it was just a bit of soreness or like, I don't know what it was, but yeah, he's fine apparently. So yeah, I'm happy to have him in the team. Welcome to the team. Let's go Rory Laird. 12 tackles is as good a sign as any that he's legitimately back now. So get Laird in your teams, people. My good for this game is the sick dog, Sicily. He's having an inconsistent year, but he was great this week. 115. He's going to be a top six defender, but it's up to you if you if you want to ride the roller coaster because it is a roller coaster. It sure <laughs> is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to nominate Pedler for my bad, and I'm specifically saying it's his second half because he had eight points after half time, and I was relying on you, mate. Yeah, six, 67 is not a bad score by any means from a rookie, but, but talk about a roller coaster. I was so pumped up at halftime. Just actually everyone in my team had a bad second half in that game. <laughs> Just for the entire weekend. <laughs> Pedler had eight points in the second half. I think Dawson had about 33 in the second half. This is, this is Pedler's second consecutive week of a huge fade out as well. Yeah. He scored last week. He scored 12 points after like halfway through the first quarter. Yeah. And this week, eight points in the second half. Yeah, McKenzie as well had a zero point last quarter. Disgusting. Yeah, it was it was pretty painful. I was I was happy. I was a happy man at halftime, and it all just went downhill from there. McKenzie might be in trouble job security wise now as well. He's my bad for this game. And yeah, like you said, zero point last quarter. He had fifteen disposals for the game. They got Will Day coming back into the team. He scored forty four. I think he's gone. He's either going to be the sub again or he's just going to be out of the team next week. Yeah, he's on the chopping block for me. All right, my ugly for this game. <laughs> kind of kind of brings me a bit of joy to say this one, but Chase Jones. <laughs> it was flat out terrible. Um, I shouldn't say that it gives me joy, but it does. And um, yeah, he was just stuck in no man's land. Maybe he was just on the wrong wing for this game. Like last week he was on the right one. This <laughs> this week he was on the wrong one because um, Scholl had a good game on the, on the other end of the ground. So yeah, Chase Jones, what a poor performance, but maybe he bounces back. If I was an owner, I would jump off straight away. Yeah, me too. I very briefly got keen on Chase Jones and then I had a reality check. This is a guy who's played two good games of AFL in his, what, five years in the system? He's never ever shown any glimpses of fantasy potential. His sandful numbers are poor. And he played, you know, two good games in a row and then everyone starts jumping on. I couldn't I couldn't quite understand. But, yeah, it's, you know, no one expected a 30. I certainly thought, you know, maybe he could average 65, 70. But, yeah, he's just shown that he's not a, not a good option. I think it's also partly, yeah, like I said before, a result of being a wing player. Like some games just the, the ball is just on your side and you get heaps of the pill and your team is switching it. And then sometimes you're just stuck in no man's land for ages at a time. Shut out in the cold. But down at Utah's, uh, you know, Pig Park, I thought, you know, nice, nice wide open ground. He'd, he'd get some junk, but yeah, really just not a good, not a good score. Adelaide didn't really play like that. Like it was a pretty high tackle, high pressure game. It wasn't like free flowing, uncontested footy. So it just wasn't his day, but yeah. All right, my ugly for this game. You know, I don't even want to say it because I'm praying to the gods that this man clamps up Nick Dacos next week. So I'm not going to say his name. He scored badly, but... Uh, ben Keys. No, no, no. We don't say his name. All all of my energy, my positive energy, 
is going towards the ben crows keys. this ben week. Keys. Ben Keys. And praying that Keys shuts down Ben Dacos. Ben Keys, you're the man. And you're a beautiful man. He could not keep up with Dacos if he tried. You watch, mate. He is going <laughs> to clamp him up. He's going to clamp he's him. He's not. He's just not. Mate, Ben Keys has got some wheels on him. <laughs> I'm serious. He's pretty quick. He's a hard runner and he's, he's got wheels. He's not keeping up with Dacos. Dacos. Dacos is quick. Yeah, look, he is, but Ben Keys. Yeah, he's the man. <laughs> I love Keys. We're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to start doing a Ben Keys check-in every week. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. <laughs> no, but it's in the same game as the Rob check-in. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't All matter. Right. All right. Okay. Next game we have Carlton versus St Kilda, and I want to nominate Sam Walsh as my good for this game. He was everywhere. He had 38 touches, nine marks, and he dropped a 131. He could be an interesting, unique cuz. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm massive on it. He's done what 108, 109 before, and. 2021 yeah he's you know he's been solid he's shown that he can be a primo before he's super low ownership obviously because of the injury and i guess the thing that you would have wanted to see with walsh is him coming up and putting you know big k's into the legs and playing well and he's done that straight away so i think you could just jump straight on if you really wanted he had to. the most cbas as well yeah massive man because last week he uh, last week last year he was on the wing quite a lot so that could be you know the reason why his scoring was a little bit down last season. That's a good point. Compared to 2021. What were George Hewitt's CBAs in that game? I'm actually intrigued because the Carlton mid-mix has been an interesting watch this year and Hewitt's scoring is way down. So He still had a fair amount. He had 16 CBAs. Okay, that's not too bad. Walsh had 20. Yeah, okay, wow. So Hewitt, uh, Hewitt actually did have a bit of a bounce back this week. I think he scored 89 in the end, but 28 disposals, I believe, for Hewitt. I'm just your stats guy now. If you can I? fact check that. Thanks, mate. <laughs> 29, actually. 29, there you go. That's a good sign for Georgie Hewitt. Um, yeah, weird. It's weird that Walsh came back in and just had the most CBAs, but well, in his second game now. It's just I think things are subject to change, though, for their midfield mix. They've been like they've been winning a lot of the ball, but they got smashed in that game. So Yeah, that's true. You know, and they've been criticized a lot about over over possessing the ball a little bit. They had a lot of marks and a lot of possessions in their defensive half. I don't think they moved it very well forward. So you might you might see them moving it a little quicker and chipping it around a bit less. They all had a lot of marks in that game. Yeah, the Saints are just so easy to score on, though. They kind of give up those points, but it's an interesting thought. My my uh, good, while we're on the subject for this game, is Paddy Cripps, part of the same midfield. Put up a 126 and kind of just flexed his brown low chops on the Saints. He looks looked phenomenal, but... I, I more wanted to talk about Adam Chera and his 130, which was a career best game for for himself. But he kind of – he'd been average up until that point. But that 130 now justifies him as a starting pick. So the people that started with him that have held on, he's averaging 90 for the season now. Um, yeah, so Chera. Chera's turned, turned it around and has been a solid pick. You can't say that he's put much on top of his starting price, but he, from here, maybe he gets going. No, he hasn't, but he's he's justified the pick. I, yeah. I, I think that's all you want with guys at that price. Like he doesn't need to average 105, even though that's what a lot of people thought. I just think him, you know, chugging along at his 90, put up a decent score this week. You'd be pretty happy if you were an you owner. You would be. I'm just, I'm just hesitant about all these guys, especially if you're looking to jump on any of them. Like I, I know a few people have, talked about jumping on Sam Walsh, but you're paying over 900K for, you know, someone that might lose CBAs. You just don't know. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, I, I agree. George George Hewitt is actually high on my watch list at the moment, but if he does what he did this week again next week and, you know, maybe puts a little bit more of a score on top of it, I would actually consider bringing him in because he's getting down to low 700K. It's pretty cheap. And we know what he did last year for us. So We averaged like 100, right? Yeah. And just put up consistent scores throughout the entire year, you know, mostly high 90s. And if he does that at his price, he'd be such a good pick again. Yeah. All right. Who was your bad from this game? <clears throat> My bad. I'm going to say Jack Steele. Jack Steele, I mean, he's coming off an injury. Harsh, harsh, mate. It is a bit of a harsh one, but I guess uh, we'll just move on quickly because it's a poor score and I don't think many people really had him in their team, but yeah, 19 disposables from an Uber Primo is just, it's not very much. Mate, he saved the score late too. Yeah, he was on nothing. I, yeah. I think at one point late in the third quarter, he was on like 34. Jeez. Yeah, he had 44 points in the last quarter. Yeah, he I didn't w- realize he saved it that hard. Yeah, there you go. So at three-quarter time, he was on 34. Jeez. He, he really got going late. Wow. Okay. The exciting thing about Steele, though, is that his average is going to start rocketing. Uh, sorry, his price is going to start rocketing down now, and he's going to quickly become an option for us in Classic. Yeah, it's, it's pretty juicy. Who's your bad for this game, Cuz? All right, my bad. This might be a little bit of a contentious one because he's been a solid overall pick, but Liam Stocker, just, you know, 55, didn't didn't quite do what owners would have expected from him this week. And the last few weeks of his has just been super inconsistent. So if you did pick him up after his, you know, early form, you'd be pretty disappointed with what his, what his output has been the last few weeks. Well, so l- let me let me throw some stats about Stocker at you. So the week when he was popular was like round three after his 98. And since then, he's gone 55, 88, 64, and then 58. Yeah, that's So in reality, gross, he, I mean, he hasn't, dr- he hasn't dropped in price because his break-even was so low. But yeah, you can't, you can't say that that's been a good pick. Yeah, you, if, you're you're an owner, yeah if you're an owner, you'd quickly want to jump off. Yeah, well, his break-even's up to 79 now. So yeah, he drops I'm- another 50, he's dropping, dropping quite a bit of cash. Yeah, that's more than his average now too. So it's definitely time to go on stock up. Yep. All right. For Ugly, I'm going to nominate Brad Crouch. Jeez. It's a little bit harsh. 75 is is not what we'd classify as an ugly score. But for someone who was like 960K, I think he was, he was one of the most expensive players in the comp before this round. It's an ugly score for an Uber Primo. It is. It is. And if, you, if you're one of those people that has him as a pod, he's probably someone that you would have considered with the captaincy potentially even, or you might have wasted a VC on him. So it's just, it just, it hurts twice as much, I think, when it's an uber primo that's a pod. So yeah, I'm giving that an ugly. Okay, my ugly for this game, Callum Wilkie. Yuck. If you were one of the few that brought him in this week, and there was a few because he was in form, was averaging, I think, 94 before this week. Yuck. Just yuck. I can't I can't believe it. If you honestly, if you're an owner, you'd be right on the edge, mate. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> ropeable at this. You know how many people brought him in? 35 he scored. 35. Disgusting. Yeah. 409 people. Oh, that's- 409 very, very upset owners right there. That's 409 sleepless nights, <laughs> strained marriages. <laughs> that, that Those type of scores just affect your life, mate. They really they, do. They really do. That's, yeah. that's chest pain levels are bad, mate. Yeah. That's not fun. <laughs> 
Callum Wilkie. Where's our next game? I lost my notes. Gold Coast North, mate. Yeah, you, you kick us off. Oh, I'll kick us off, seeing as though you've lost your notes. My good for this game is Lockie Weller. He's averaging almost 100 now. He dropped a 130. Ridiculous. I, for one, did not see this coming. A couple of people, and I want to. I just want to apologize quickly, hit me up last week asking about Lockie Weller as an option, and I was like, no, no, you can't do it. He's never averaged above 90. He's not going to start now. I I was wrong at this point to the season. Anyway, I was very wrong. He was massive this week. It's oh, it's really it leaves me speechless. I just it's one of the ones that I could not predict. If you asked me at the start of the season what Lockie Weller would average, I would say seventy five, maybe eighty. Coming off an ACL injury, it's yeah, it's it's crazy. A lot of a lot of players are starting to do this now. Come off ACLs and just put up great numbers. Jared Witts is an example last year. We don't speak of Jared Wood. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I'm sorry for bringing up the, the, the banished name. Who was your good for this game, mate? I'm going to nominate Darcy McPherson. Just little shout out. He's been awesome. So he scored D-Mac. a 109, which now puts his season average up to an 88.2, which is very solid. Three-round average of 94.3. This would have been nice four years ago when you were in my team. Yeah, D-Mac. Yeah. <laughs> what a throwback, mate. Oh, that was horrible. That's another example. I can't believe you brought that up, actually. That's another example of a, of a huge preseason score just not translating to in-season <laughs> no, form. <laughs> but just, just to continue my shout-out for D-Mac, he's gone up 150K this year. He's actually been an awesome starting pick. Solid, yeah. 88. From- he started low 500Ks. What's his ownership? It'd have to be super low. Very low. Um, All right, while you're getting that, 1.28%. There you go. 1.28% of happy people. Yep. Happy, happy people. Right. The Stato is one of them, actually. Quick shout out to the Statesman. That's, yeah, that, that's an impressive pickup. Yeah. Love it. All right. My bad for this game. It's really hard to give this guy too much criticism. Harry Sheasel, you know, he's still averaging 102, believe it or not, after his 47. That kind of just goes to show how impressive he's been to start the year. But a little bit of a frustrating score if you're an owner. I, I was able to look past it pretty quickly just because his ownership is so high. Um, would you consider jumping off or are you just going to keep riding the Sheasel train? <clears throat> yeah, I'd definitely consider it, but not yet. Because, yeah, he. the thing is he caught defensive attention in the first half. Then he got moved forward in the third quarter couldn't find the pill there and then he moved back in the last quarter kind of rode the pine a bit couple of plus sixes late to get to his 47 (laughs) but i don't know i think that's that's going to be his absolute flaw surely yeah i don't know i don't think he's getting tagged again we could see he he could i think he could be and we could also see him go forward at points throughout the year which would greatly affect his scoring. The, um, if we see him forward consistently, I would say definitely jump off because you can you can easily get him to someone that's top six in their line. But because his BE is skyrocketed now, if he does happen to move forward or he drops another bad score, that cash is going to just plummet. And you lose the cash, yeah. Yeah, you want to jump off. You kind of want to jump off before. So it's about sort of, I guess, preempting. But what if you do that and he just goes back to halfback and drops a 120 next week? Yeah, I think- I think it's a low priority because because everyone is in the same boat. You know what I mean? Well, he, yeah. His average is, is phenomenal for a rookie. I think you just keep riding until really you see, see enough to, mm. you know, yeah, maybe he does go forward and he plays forward for a week or two or he gets more defensive attention and his B just goes way up, but- mm. 
I'm sorry to bring this up again, and I, I promise I will let it go at some point throughout the year, but it is ridiculous that Sheasel got tagged before Nick Dacos. <laughs> Harry Sheasel, a first-year rookie who plays for North Melbourne, got tagged before Nick Dacos got tagged. It's really surprising, <laughs> it's especially crazy, considering mate. how poorly he used the ball last week. He turned it over probably like four or five times. Um yeah, just to get tagged after that effort. It's pretty surprising. It just goes to show that you cannot, with any accuracy, predict tags. No. Nah. Just don't yeah, even try. Coaches do what they want. Do mate. not try. They do what they want. It just doesn't work. Anyway, you said that your bad was hard to criticize. I think my bad for this week is pretty easy to criticize, and that's Luke Davies' stinky, stinky uniac. Now, after starting the season with 108 and 123... Big man was averaging like 115 after the first two rounds and everyone was looking to jump on. Our mate actually jumped on that week, right? Since then, he's gone zero, as in a DNP, a late withdrawal, like 10 minutes before the game. Then he's gone 91, 76, and then a 66. What is going on? He must be injured. He must be carrying something. Like I can't explain it, but he looks like old... Davies Uniac that everyone used to think was overrated and overhyped. Yeah, I think he'll be fine, but yeah, his last four weeks have just been crap. If you're an owner, you would be very, very mad. His time on ground was in the 60s, I think. I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check myself as we speak. But I would be concerned that he is actually carrying something. Yeah, maybe. I think Simpkin coming back into the team might help Six, him out. Sixty-nine percent. Well. Yeah, that's very low. And I think his defensive pressure is also something that I would be concerned about. Yeah. Got- Four tackles. It's not terrible, but he doesn't... The thing is, to like, when you... Just the eye test, when I watch him, it's like, man, he's not really chasing these players very hard. He either gets the first possession and gets clearance, or he's just not interested. Yeah, he's definitely not hunting for tackles, that's for sure. No, not at all. Anyway, LDU was bad this week. I'm thankfully not an owner because I briefly considered it maybe three or four weeks ago. I dodged that bullet. So yeah, I feel sorry for the owners. All right. My ugly for this week, Will Phillips. Disgusting. 22 and subbed out for poor form. Just just subbed because he was playing bad. If you're a Will Phillips owner, his B has gone up to 50. He's up to 400K. Abort. Jump shit. Get away from him because that's, that's ugly. And I don't think it's going to go back to... We'll not even go back because he hasn't really put up any great scores this year, but Will Phillips is not going to be a 70-plus guy. He's a rookie like the other rookies, and he's maxed out or very close to Yeah, It's time to go. I feel so much better about this because I was kind of reflecting on it the other day, and he was one of the ones that got away from us just because of that sub game in round one, but he's kind of undone all his good work from the past three rounds. So, yeah, Will Phillips, shame on you. Now, (laughs) shame, shame, shame. All right, my ugly for this game, this is an unlucky one for any owners, but it's Took Miller, 48, subbed out, did a meniscus. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that really sucks. That really, really sucks. He was having a poor game before he got subbed out as well. He was on 48, and I think it was like, he played. It was late in the third quarter, maybe with like, five or six minutes to go in the third quarter. He played decent tog. There was a good chance he was dropping a 70 or an 80. Yeah, but man, you don't... It's another forced trade. It sucks. It's ugly. 
Condolences. Yeah, a lot of people were keen, keen and brought him in this week. So that's-, that's I was one of them pain. that almost, well, I considered it. I got Laird instead. Um, but yeah, very sorry. All right, let's move on to the next game. We have Richmond versus Melbourne. A quick shout out to Timmy Taranto. He's been getting it done. It's finally getting bulk mid-time and the scores are reflecting it. What a man. Just, yeah. Great stuff, Tim Taranto. This is exactly what we expected from Dunkley. This so is Dunkley, if you're listening to this, be more like Tim Taranto. This is what you hope for from all your premiums. It's just so nice to have a guy that consistently tons up every week. You don't have to worry about him. I love it. Seeing his name in my team brings me joy. And I put the C on him this week. I haven't actually looked at, at matchups this week. I don't know if he's going to get my C, but he gets to carry it for the week and just be a leader to the boys. Everyone needs to be like Tim Taranto. He has a low score of 108. Beautiful stuff. That's it's so that's so good. Phenomenal. Timmy yeah. T, we love you, Incredible mate. stuff. He's always been one of my favorites. We were on him in his breakout year. We were. The entire fantasy community just love, all love to Tim Taranto this year. Yeah. All right, my good for this game, Jacob Hopper. I gave this guy a bake after round one. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if you remember. I was pretty harsh on oh, him. Oh, I remember. Saying that, you know... Because we were both keen on him in the preseason and then he dished up that crap and we were like, nah, Jacob Hopper, never going to be a, f- a fantasy option. I, I think, think that you're was harsher than that. I th- yeah, look, we, we definitely were. I think it was just reaction to the weekend and I was kind of frustrated because he, he made me have a bit of egg on my face. But now he's vindicating the preseason love. Jacob Hopper is averaging, what, 95 on the year now? Career best season. He's turned up three out of the last four games. This is what we all thought you could do, and he's doing it, and he's an option if you're keen on him. In the, in the mid-700K range, I, for one, probably wouldn't pay for him now, but I definitely wouldn't deter other people from doing it. Well, let's have this conversation because we had it off air, and it was a very interesting one because I am pretty big on it. Hopper, in his last four games, has gone, has turned up three of his last four games, and the other one was an 82, which is very serviceable. Um, and I think it was injury affected. No, it was it was his first game back from injury. Sorry. Um, I think that's so solid for someone who's seven hundred and seventy k. Like there aren't many options screaming out to us at that price. You you flagged Simpkin when he's back, but Simpkin hasn't really dropped any good scores. He's coming off injury. I don't see why you would pick Simpkin over Hopper if he was back this year. Yeah, he will be back this year. Sorry, this week. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, Simkin just has more runs on the board as a legit fantasy option. And I personally think Simkin could do 100 plus. I'm not saying 100% that he will, but I think that's sort of what his ceiling is. And I could see him doing that this year. That's why I'd be keen to jump on him. And you, you get, because his BE is still super high, Simkin, after his injury, you get two weeks, I guess, to look at him and, and decide if you want him in your team. Whereas Hopper, you're jumping on now and praying that he continues doing what he's doing at the moment when he doesn't have any history in his career to show that he can. I he, think he can, though. He's done low 90s before. He has. He has. But the other thing with Hopper is that he's never been a big mark guy. And it just like watching the eye test, he's, he's like working for these short little plus sixes, which he's never really done in his career before. He plays at a new team. He's sort of just a new look player, I reckon. My other criticism of Hopper is that he is super injury prone. Yeah. Which, you know, when you're getting close to the 800K range, you don't really want to trade in injury prone guys into your team. Um, 
like I said, I, I wouldn't really deter anyone from doing it because it's a solid option, but I wouldn't do it myself for those reasons. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Was that? We're up to a bad. We're up to our bad. That's right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to nominate Dan Rioli as our bad for this game. He's having a pretty solid season, but I think, what did he score? 71? It's just, it's kind of undoing his good work as well. And as a unique, it's just not, not what you want. Well, this is another- Sorry, 73 he scored. This is another talking point from that game because Damien Hardwick said, okay, Rioli and Baker are our halfbacks now. Jaden Short, when he comes back into the team, will find another role for him. That's not true. Jaden Short came back in and went straight to halfback and played 100% game time in defense. And it came at the expense of Rioli scoring this week. And my bad, Baker, who dropped a 53, just couldn't get anywhere near the ball. No. It's, yeah. I'm, honestly, mate, I'm sick of coaches lying to us, <laughs> for one. But I was very close to trading Gus to Baker this week. And if I did, mate, oh boy. You wouldn't be here, mate. There would be a, a very different tone to this podcast, <laughs> which has already been pretty angry. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just, I guess, we're not, not really frustrating because I didn't own him, but if you were an owner and you heard those words from Dimmer, you would have been confident on, on Baker. And then to see what happens as soon as Short comes back in the team is just super disappointing. Alarm bells are ringing, yeah, because Short was definitely that distributor, wasn't he? Yeah, I think- if you if you own Baker, you're waiting another week to see, I guess, if that short affecting his role is legitimate. And if he's bad again next week, you just jump straight off. Rioli is a bit different. You know, Rioli, I think, wasn't too affected by short. I think he just had a bit of a down game. And if you're an owner, based on what he's done this year, you could keep riding him out. But again, just watch him because... You don't want to own guys, own pre or guys priced in the premium range that are dropping bad scores like that. No, no way. Okay, so you covered your bad just then. Um, we're going to get into our ugly, and I'm nominating Brody Grundy. Man, can someone lose pig status? I know they can't. I know someone deserves to lose yeah, pig status. That's kind of what I'm hinting at. Big man had a terrible game. It was so frustrating as well because he barely played any rock time in the first half. He barely played any time on the ground in the first half. Oh, and yeah, just so frustrating because we just needed one more good week out of the big man or just one more serviceable week out of the big man. And he looked so uncoordinated out there, just doing terrible, terrible things. I, I definitely think some of our downfall your, yours, your and my downfall personally as fantasy coaches is trying to over-predict what coaches do and what happens with players. Because we both thought, okay, Grundy's probably still going to be the number one rock this week and he's going to smash Richmond. And Timmy T is going to have a bad week against Freo. And it was just the opposite. Like <laughs> All I could, needed was an 80 from Grundy and maybe like English to do like 105. You know what I mean? Yeah. Good good players play well, mate. And bad players play bad. And at the moment, Brody Grundy is not in the first category. <laughs> <laughs> Disappointing stuff, mate. Yeah. I had to give him a slam as well. All right. My ugly for this game, Trent Rivers. And if you're an owner, he really just undid all his good work. After this game, his average went from an 86 to a 78. It's not solid on the year. 
Yeah, there's not much else to say about Rivers. He kind of saved it. Well, he got subbed. He did out. get he subbed. He was in out. the process of saving it, and then he got subbed out flat. <laughs> yeah, you would be. Yep. Um, yeah, he was a semi-popular option two weeks ago, and he's gone seventy-eight fifty-one. I don't know if you heard uh, Simon Goodwin's post-game presser, but they were very close to subbing out Van Roon. Yes, I did hear that. And then he clunked one, and they were like, "All right." Nah, we'll keep we'll keep Van on. Subbed out Trent Rivers. That's got to hurt if you're an owner. <laughs> Unlucky. Unlucky, yep. All right, let's move on to the final game of the round. Anzac the, Day. The Anzac Day game, Collingwood versus Essendon. And I'm going to nominate. <laughs> take your pick. <laughs> Dacos. This is funny. We've just, on our run sheet, we've literally just got good Dacos, Dacos written down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to take the better Dacos. Josh? No, obviously not. <laughs> the medal-winning, greatest of all time player, Nick Dacos. What a man, mate. 140, two snags, 40-odd touches. Just got it done. What, what a king. He's so good. He's so good. I don't think he needs more of a pump up. Like everyone in the whole country is pumping him up at the moment. So Nick Dacos. It's true. Hats off to you. It's good true. Stuff. Drew Jones. Uh, a, a popular AFL journalist posted on Twitter saying, are we watching the greatest of all time? And I think a lot of people took it as satire, but I genuinely think he is going to be the greatest AFL player of all time. What he's doing in his second year is insane. And as much as it hurts me to watch him play and drop scores like that, it is just phenomenal as a viewer to watch someone like that go about it. He's just such a gun at footy. It's he He's the best second-year player I've ever seen. It's crazy because we... I remember we used to talk about his junior numbers in 2021 before he was drafted into the AFL and he would just rack up 40 touches and like three snags every week. It just dominate on everyone. And he's now doing that at AFL level in his second year. It's crazy, yeah, it crazy is. stuff. It's ridiculous. And he's so cheeky as well. He just loves it. <laughs> he's a cheeky boy. Yeah. He's a freak. You got as a footy fan, you got to love it. Like he's, oh. he's so good. I, I get frustrated, but I do love to watch the man. All right, the my good, we we we've already said it. Josh Dacos, who also deserves a lot of love. He's having a career best year, averaging ninety six. He's probably Collingwood's second best player at the moment. He's just having a great year, man. He's you know maybe maybe overshadowed by his younger massively brother. overshadowed. But he does he deserves a lot of love as well, Josh Dacos. He's a phenomenal wingman and just a great AFL player as well. Like we said, averaging ninety six on the year. He's only got one score under 91 as well, and that's a 75. So just a solid, solid year from Josh Dacos. One year he might go inside and like be a genuine fantasy primo that we could rely on. He yeah. could be one of those players, man. He's still young. I think, I think he's just too valuable on a wing, and it's kind of unnecessary, especially when a team like Collingwood has a few guys in the VFL inside mids that are racking up that can't really get into the team. I think he's probably going to stay on that wing, but yeah, possibly he's just, you know, he's just so good there. All right. So my bad for this game, he actually wasn't even that bad, but Will Setterfield, we love the man, but he was having a tough day at the office and he kind of junked it up late. I think he had what? 33 point last quarter, 34 point last quarter. Yeah, it was a tough watch until the last quarter. Saved it late. And he actually started off half back late. And I was like, oh, mate, he's going to drop a 63 on us. He got stuck on that score for a few minutes. Um, but yeah, he he saved it. He saved it. But I'm slightly concerned. He had his lowest CBAs for the season this week, even with Merritt out. I don't know. What do you make of it? 
I'm I'm not concerned. Not You're not the, worried? Nah, not in the slightest. He spent a little bit of time at half back. He's just for what we paid, you know, six hundred and ten K to start the year, I I just think, you know, he's probably a, a mid nineties, high nineties player. I think the first two games of the season, he was just really overperforming. He overperformed, sure. But what I mean is from here on out, are you concerned? Like you could nah. you could jump him to a, a top eight. Yeah, mid I, for not much money at all. Absolutely, you could if you wanted to. I just think it's again, it's a, it's a real luxury trade, and I'm low ha- priority, right? Yeah, I'm happy to have setters sitting in my team for, you know, until I've upgraded all my rookies, I've jumped off all my other mid prices. You know, he's probably going to sit there until the very end of the season or close to for me. Mm-hmm. All right, my bad from this game was Dylan Shield, sixty five, just did not step up on Anzac Day. He was having a solid year, and then. He does this, Dylan Shield. He just he teases you with his potential, and then out of nowhere, just drops a, an absolute stinker. He's never been a, a, a legit primo, and yeah, scores like this are just too commonplace for him. All right, it's time to get serious with this ugly. I don't even want to talk about it. I do. I'm angry. I'm still Andy McGrath. You suck, man. What is going on, dude? We. <laughs> <laughs> I came in hot and I can't even back it up, man. I'm I'm mad about this one. Dude, I, I just needed you to not suck, man. He was on like 65 early in the last quarter. It's like, all right, he's going to get to 80. Nut. Has a handball for the rest of the quarter. Finishes 67. on 67. Bro, you're so bad, man. You're so terrible. Okay. I, I just, he doesn't, <laughs> I can't even, I don't even know what to say, man. I just want to jump in and say Andy McGrath is actually in good form as a footballer. Like last week he was close to best on ground and this week he actually played a solid game. He's great at defending, but he just does not care about stats and he's a bad fantasy player. He's a bad fantasy player. And I thought last week, yeah, all right, this is low priority. He's going to average his 80. He can stay in our team. But I'm sick of looking at this quag white. <laughs> I can't even speak either. This quagmire-looking mother <laughs> It's just frustrating, man. He's a good AFL player. He's not a good fantasy player. It's like Adam Saad. Adam Saad has never been a good f- fantasy player. But he's a phenomenal AFL player. And Andy McGrath is the same. You know, He's, he's a number one draft pick. And, you know, he's probably not going to live up to – <laughs> Number one draft. You're not really selling him as a player <laughs> status, but I think I think he's an elite small defender, and he's probably going to be an elite small defender. Why are you trying to defend him, man? Because I'm just I'm just saying, like, you know, it's a it's a fantasy pod, and we're all about fantasy. But remember when he dropped we, two easy marks in the second quarter? I do, mate. We've ruthlessly baked this man on the pod all year. <laughs> are you but feeling just, guilty about it? I, no, I'm not feeling. We guilty. We have a disclaimer. I'm just trying. We're to allowed say, to. Andy McGrath is a good. AFL player, but he is dog shit at fantasy. Yeah. 67, mate, that is just crap. I have to write it out, man. I don't want to. No, I, neither. I don't either, <laughs> but I'm getting rookies off my ground, yeah. especially when they're scoring 20s. That's my priority as well, but it's like because of the, the type of player that he is and because he doesn't really junk up stats, it's so hard to predict his scoring from game to game. So it, you can't look through the fixture and say, okay, he's going to have a big one here because he just doesn't have big ones. He doesn't. <laughs> it's so annoying, man. I thought maybe he could average 90 at the start of the season. Me too. No. Hasn't cracked 90. No, he's an Jaden Hunt's defender. done it twice. He doesn't want the pill in his hands. You know what hurts? Jaden Hunt is actually averaging more than Andy McGrath now. 
Just he was like 370k less stuff. Yeah, or no, to start. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Either of those less. stats. Yeah. yeah. Either of those stats are applicable. Yeah, Andy McGrath. We don't like you very much. Okay, ugly <laughs> for this game. Jordan Ridley. There's not really too much to say. He's had an inconsistent year. He's not the 90 plus guy that we thought. And I just want to just quickly hot bake the AFL for scheduling Essendon and the Saints in the preseason <laughs> because Essendon's defenders all sucked us in, mate, with their soft draw. And we're, we're all just suckers. That's what's happened. We're all suckers. We're suckers. McGrath's got like 16% ownership. Suckers. Just pure suckers. Guys, don't watch the preseason games next year. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> don't even look at scores. Just pick your team. And stay away from the AFL up until round one. Yep. Okay. That is the end of a very, very long segment of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. For our next segment, we're coming back to you with one that we debuted two weeks ago, and it's been a bit of a success. So we're just going to keep rolling with it. We've got our top five trade targets, top five segment. We don't really have a sting for this yet, Cuz, do we? No, we don't. Maybe we'll have to make one. Come up with one right now. Sting me. I got nothing. <laughs> Top <laughs> fives. Top five. <laughs> That's bad content, mate. We're going to have to. <laughs> no, go. All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to speed through it. Our top five trade targets for this week. Number one, we've got Rory Laird. This one's pretty obvious. He's, you know, back-to-back, basically 120s. 118 last week and a 120 this week. He's had six and 12 tackles. Um, he's bottomed out in price, super cheap. His B is 110, and his last two scores are above that. I think he's going to go back up. Highest averaging player from last year, and, yeah, I see him doing 110 to 115 for the rest of the year, so jump on to Laird if you don't have him. Number two, Connor Rosie. He's averaging 99.8 for the year now, coming off at 133, which I believe is the second highest score of his career. Um, Port's at... Port's uh, draw really opens up from here on as well for midfielders. So he should just be massive for the rest of the year. I think he could be 100+. plus. Um, his ownership is super high, 57%. So you're really going to miss out if you don't if you don't own him from now. Uh, number three, Zach Butters. Coming off a ton and an 88. Solid numbers. I personally am not the biggest Butters fan, but I can definitely see the appeal. He's low 700Ks now. He beat his B by 13 last week. So... Um, his, his price has started going up now. Like I said with Rosé, their draw really opens up. So Butters is a, is a solid option. Might not be a season-long keeper, but he's someone that you can definitely ride out till late in the year and upgrade as a low priority. Number four, I was keen on this guy last week and we had him in last week, but we're going to go back-to-back with JJ, Jason Johannesson. 67 is not the best score in the world, but like we said, he was the highest-scoring Dogs defender this week. His B is still 32, and I see him doing 75 to 80 for the rest of the year, so his price is going to skyrocket. He's unique, 1.8% ownership, so if you're looking to move a rookie to someone cheap, you could go with him and, and hopefully write out some solid scores for the rest of the year. He had scans after the game, so watch this space. Yeah. I think he'll be fine, though. Yeah, yeah, I think he will. It, just an mm-hmm. incident late, got copped a knock in the last sort of you know, a couple minutes of the game, but I think I think he'll be fine. It was like 30 yeah, seconds yeah. to go. It was pretty rough. And the worst bit is he was going to take a plus six for a shot on goal. Like he was inside 50. Yeah. And uh, yeah, got bumped. Would, Didn't been, get the free kick. Would have been much nicer to see a mid-70 score there. But yeah. yeah, I think if you're trading a rookie to JJ, it's you're, you're definitely getting a, a much more consistent and safer scorer and he should be a 75 to 80. 
Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll throw to you to, for the last one, Cuz, because I'm not really I'm, – I'm a little bit concerned about this guy. Like, run, run me through it. So the final of our top five, and I'm still keen on him if I can get his stats up really quickly, is Will Day. Now, I feel like it shouldn't really take that much convincing about Will Day. He's averaging 104.3 up until this point. He's just had two weeks on the sidelines. So it's not like – but that was due to suspension. So it's not like he's injured, right? He's just he's going to be like rearing to go. He was Hawthorne's top midfielder for the first four rounds of the season. I don't see why he doesn't just come back in and get bulk CBAs, especially off a loss. Okay, so my concern is that the start of the year, the Hawks said, Sam Mitchell said, Will Day is going to be bounce between midfield and halfback. And yet he started the year playing, you know, basically permanent midfield. But since he's gone out of the team, Newcomb in the in it's only two weeks, so it is a small sample size, but Newcomb has hit basically career best form and Warps has basically returned to career best form. Like Warps had 35 last week. This week he had 21 and a goal, but played a really solid game. I just think with these other guys, well, Newcomb breaking out and Warps returning to form, it's hard for me to see Day slotting straight back in at the top and taking CBAs off those guys. I think Day is still going to get CBAs, don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's going to have as many as he was getting at the start of the year. And I just want to see one game from day before I jump back on. That's that's just where my my hesitation lies. So if he's good this week, for sure I'd get on him next week. But I, I just want to see another game of him playing bulk mid-minutes before I jump back on. I think you're right about the fact that Newcomb has been good. Nash has, was really good last week. And Warps is sort of in solid form now that he's getting the CBAs. But Warple is still not the player that Will Day is. He's just not. No, he's not. And Cam McKenzie had seven CBAs. Um, Ned Long had four. Dylan Moore had four. So if you just take their CBAs, then Will Day just slots straight back in. Maybe Warple loses like 10, 15%. He can easily go back to having 60%. He can just come straight back in. Yeah. I, I'm big on it, man. I, th- I think... You know, he, he definitely could come back and get solid CBAs again. I just want to see it first. That's that's he's seven hundred and twenty seven k and he's averaging one hundred and four. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a no brainer for but, me. F- yeah, for me, it's literally just just wait. Okay, but right. yeah, just wait one week and then if he's good, jump on next week because he's going to go up in price quite a bit. But you know, if even if he gets to like seven eighty k, it's not like you've missed the boat on a guy who's averaging one hundred. Yeah, if he's still in that mid roll, it's just if if I'm the Hawthorne coach. A guy like Warps, who has just had such a rough patch the last couple of years, seeing him return to form and seeing Newcomb in career best form is kind of like, I, I guess, c- keeping those guys rolling would be a bit of a priority for me. Um, but yeah, if, if Will Day comes back in and gets those CBAs again, then you, you just launch. He's an option. Just right. launch another week. All right. So that's the end of our top five list. Just to recap, we had Laird at number one, then Rosie, Butters, JJ, and then Will Day. All right, now it's time for our favorite segment, Pad Merchants. Sting it! I am the Pad Merchant. Welcome to my store. All right, my Pod Merchant for this week is a guy who I don't think anyone else, or 0.1% of people, there you go, so, but not many other people in the fantasy community are keen on this guy. Harry Perryman. Now, 654K is his price. 
He averaged 90.2 last year if you take out a sub-affected score. That sub-affected score was a 31, but it was from 20% TOG. So he was also on track to score well in that game. In the previous seasons, he's averaged 87.8, 85.4, and 86.5. He's getting CBAs now, which was spoken about at the start of the year. Adam Kingsley was super keen to get him into the midfield. He said, all right, our midfield is going to be Perryman, Kelly, Cogs, Green, and Callahan." He came into the team off injury because he got injured in round one. Got those CBAs straight away. He had 26. He started slow in the game, but he ended up getting to a 79. I just think from here, he could average 90 plus. And that 79 without the slow start could have easily been, you know, a 90, 100 plus score. The one thing I want to see is Tom Green come back into the team, but Perryman at 654K, a guy who's young, is finally getting opportunity inside mid, has averaged, you know, 90 or around the 90 mark before. I think 90 plus is a given and he's got, he's getting he's already very cheap but he's getting even cheaper so harry perriman there's your pod merchant <laughs> so he's saying you want to wait till tom green comes back though i'm oh i would like so he's saying you'd recommend him next week he's but a not this pre-pod week pod merchant yeah, he's a watch list <laughs> nah I, okay okay so i'm looking at getting him into my team this week but i guess it would just be a luxury to wait and see what he's like with with green in the team i don't think it's going to affect him slightly though because Toby Green got CBAs this week and the other main mids were massive, but you know, like I said, at the start of the year, Kingsley said, yep, we want this guy in our midfield. He comes back in from injury straight into the midfield, put up not a great score, but first game back with a slow start. I just, I think it's going back up 90 plus for Harry Perriman this year. He's cheap. Now he's getting even cheaper. Get him in your team, put him on your watch list. Remember the name, Harry Perriman. Who's your pod? <laughs> All right. My pod for this week is Braden Fiorini. So I'm going to sell him to you right now. Braden Fiorini. We all know that this guy is a fantasy stud in the VFL last year. He averaged 135. That is a genuine pig <laughs> average. <laughs> for the whole year. Yeah. That is ridiculous. 135. Now, that is ridiculous. <clears throat> we all know what he does when he gets the midfield time. Now, Took. For those of you who didn't know, I'm expecting everyone who listens to this to know that Tuke Miller is expected to miss a fair portion of footy, which is their quote. With a lateral meniscus tear. Yeah, that's it. So they're saying that he's going to miss at least short to medium term. You know, they've categorized it as short to medium term injury. Um, In 2021, when Braden Fiorini got CBAs, he averaged 111 in his last five games. He's priced at 60 at the moment. At his price is 523k. Now, last year from the in the first half of the season, he averaged 78 from 28% CBAs. So, like, even if he averaged that, like that, I feel like that is kind of the floor, you know? Like that is the minimum that he goes at if he gets the midfield time. Uh, yeah. And I- that is enough for him to be a good pick. Like 523k. That is not much more than JJ is. I think his minimum is far higher than that, yeah, to be exactly. honest. Yeah, that was from 28% CBAs. He could, we could be looking at 50% CBA Braden Fiorini, possibly more. I think it's a similar boat with mine that it might be a bit of a pre-pod merchant because you kind of want to see a game of Fiorini in the midfield role first. 
before you jump on. His B is still 65 too. So like, even if he drops a ton next week, he's not going to skyrocket in price. He'll still be, yeah, he'll still be nice. It's a pre, it's a pre pod merchant, I guess. Yeah, a couple, it's a a couple of pre pod. But no, merchants. but I'm saying you could launch into it this week if it's for a rookie. I don't see him scoring less than a rookie this week. If team lists come out and we say all the time on the pod, don't pay too much attention to the team lists. But if team lists come out and Fiorini's named inside mid, that's enough for me. That's enough for me to jump on. Uh, on, well, the thing is, right, he's been in the team and he has been getting like a sprinkle of CBAs as it is. So I don't think they're going to keep him in the team and not give him CBAs. That's the only thing he's good at is being an inside midfielder. That is rude. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly a little bit rude. I'm sorry, Braden. He's got nothing in his life. He's a pathetic man, but he can play inside midfield, <laughs> mate. Let me tell you that. <laughs> anyway, so... That if you if you want to get a bit naughty this week, which I think Keeves is keen to do, mate, Keeves is going to get very naughty this week. <laughs> you need a bounce back, mate. We we, we are both just long time Fiorini fans. I owned him at the end of twenty twenty one, and it was just it was fantastic. Like just as a pod, and was putting up huge scores. He's always been this guy. In his first season, he dropped a one forty. I think his second- Wasn't it a 160? Nah. I'm pretty nah. sure it was. I want to check it? you riff and Jeez. I'm going to find out. If it was, mate. It, I know it was some like ridiculous stuff, but he's always had like just huge fantasy potential as a player. And if he's getting getting the role, I really wish that he left Gold Coast and went to another team and, and you know, was just able to play inside mid for a whole season. But if this, you know, Took injury leads to him getting a chance at AFL level and grabbing it with both hands, then- yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm super stoked to jump on Fiorini. 166. Tell me the stat line, please. <laughs> All right, he had 32 disposals, seven marks, two goals, a behind, and 12 tackles. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah, like you And he averaged 111 in that season. Yeah, that was his debut season. For, and he was the highest, it was the highest points per minute player in the comp. Wasn't it from like two games? Yeah, it was two games. It was two games. <laughs> But imagine that, being the highest points per minute player in the comp in your first year. From two games. I don't know if you can claim that, but it's a solid it's a solid average. Like, yeah, like you said, though, you know, end of 20, 2021, he put up massive numbers. He's done it more than once, too. It's not like it's a flash in the pan. Like, 2019, he averaged 99.7 from 21 games. 2018, he averaged 91.6 from 11 games. He's averaged 83 before. He averaged 94.8 in 2021. Like, this guy has just got a massive track record of being a stud at fantasy. 523K. That's that's the crazy thing, right? Ridiculous. Like, we all know that he can do it. That's not in question, that he can score well. Like, even if he was, like, 650K, even 700K, it would be like, oh, there's upside there. But this guy is low 500K. It's such a juicy option. You could take the risk at that price. For sure. And he's so cheap because last year, you know, he was playing wing, half back, just positions that he's not suited to. It's like all the same things that we were saying about JJ and Chase Jones last week apply at this price range. Chase Jones? Yeah. All the same things apply as in like, you could get a rookie to them and it's an oh, upgrade. Okay. <laughs> you see what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you made me so confused just then. You made me confused. I thought <laughs> you, were acting like, down. you were acting like we were just pumping up Chaser Jones all week. That's what I thought you were getting at. I was no, like, no, no, no. We no. Just, 
I think the talk of the fantasy community last week was yeah, that yeah. looking for these high value options to basically sideways rookies to with your second trade is a great option. Now, Chase Jones didn't quite work out, but the point that I'm saying is that the same strategy still applies to someone who is way less risky. Yeah, well, the guys like, you know, JJ, Fairini now, guys who have actually performed well in their role before that get down to this price. It's such a no-brainer pick for me. Like, you know, we said it all throughout the preseason. We say it all the time. Premiums or, you know, not in JJ's case, he's not a premium, but guys who have had the runs on the board, who have done it before in their roles, going back to those roles. You know, if there's no reason why they're not going to perform, then you just pick them up. Fearing at 523K, like listen to this from 2021. I know you said his average from his last five games, but listen to this run of scoring. So he comes into the team around 16 and he goes 101, 113, 109, 142, 119, 119, 104. Wow. That is ridiculous numbers. That is crazy. He, 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 final game of the season was a 71, which is a little bit disappointing as an owner. But, but you know, that's, that's huge numbers. Imagine... This is, you know, absolute best case scenario. But imagine if he does that from now at 523K. That is like the pick of the year. That's the pick of the century in fantasy. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's just massive. I love it, mate. I love your pod merchant. I love my pod merchant. I love it all. You love mine more than yours though, don't you? Look, I would have talked about him if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, those are our pod merchants for this week. Hopefully we sold them pretty well to you. I think we're both pretty big on these players. Mate, I'm, I'm sold. I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to our final segment for today's episode, and that is Fantasy Proverbs. Fantasy Proverbs. All right, Kaz, you ready for my words of wisdom this week? I am, mate. Look, last week's honestly was not quite what I wanted it to be with the, all, the, all the day cost chat, so hopefully this week we're... I'm trying to mix it up with uh, you know the meaning of the Proverbs. I want to be inspired this week. You might not be. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> All right. I have no desire to suffer twice in reality and then in retrospect. What do you make of that? <laughs> T- tell, me, tell me what you want it to mean. The whole meaning of this is that it's enough to suffer through your bad picks but just to sit there and constantly calculate what you'd have scored in hindsight if you'd picked something else. So this is, is like suffering twice. This is just pointed directly at me. No, it's not. It's we both do it. And it's that we sit there and we go, Oh, if I had picked Nick Day. Okay, I'll go through some of the hindsight stats because I put some together. Today today I was listening to the point differences between players I yeah, picked. Exactly. <laughs> and and all we do is we suffer twice by doing it. We do, but, mate. We do. But we're gonna do it. We're gonna suffer again, right, on the podcast, just for our listeners. So the two of us, three weeks ago, we both grabbed Brody Grundy instead of Tim English. We had the money to get English, but we just ran out of time. Yeah, th- this the trade cost us 152 points yeah. and a trade. I don't feel inspired, mate. I'm <laughs> telling you right now. I, I, I'm feeling it. I'm we're reliving letting, it. Because we're letting it all out. So we're, we're reliving the horrible decisions that we made. And then right this now. is going to be it. And then that's it. We're, we're right. saying after that, we're not doing any more hindsight calculating. Okay. Shout out to the Suns for releasing that news way too late. <laughs> by, the yeah. way, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to them. Anyway, the next stat we have is McGrath 
over Dacos oh. since round one has cost a total of 265 points. Yes, it has. Been. That is ridiculous, man. 265 points. If if we had started with English and Dacos, we'd comfortably be in the top 100. That's a crazy amount of points, man. It's so it's so wild. And the, the thing that makes us so flat is that you just go on Twitter and you see all these people that are dropping huge bombs that are like ranked well and they're able to bounce their good trades off those starting picks. You know what I mean? They're just like getting rid of all these rookies. That, and we're trying to get rid of rookies too, but we're stuck with these dud mid-prices still. That is exactly 44 points a week. It's crazy. 44 crazy points stuff. a week, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing that I'm trying to say is that it's often you can beat yourself up about your whole team, but in reality, we were two picks away from being in the top 100 yeah. at this stage of the season. You just got to let it go. Yeah, you do. So the point I'm trying to make is that it's enough to suffer during the games and watch these scores, but don't don't calculate what you would have done. It's not it's not good for your mental health, guys. It's not good for those chest pains. Yeah, just, we took one for the go. team just then. There are a couple more that we could relive. The hunt pick hurts a lot as well. It does, mate. I, I, I'm, I feel deeply burnt by Oscar Allen of all people as well, which is just... You were really keen on Allen. I wasn't so keen, but... You're not supposed to get to round six and be... And just be in pain by... He's up to like 600k now, right? Key forwards just dropping massive scores. He is, mate. He was 349 to How, start the oh, year. So he's made like 250k. Yep. Yes, he has. And you know who I started with instead? Just a lot of duds. A lot of duds, mate. Chesser, who made, what, 37k on the year? Even even guys like, you know, Peddler, who, you know, we were keen on, started at 212. He's only made... He's made 200K. So he's made less than Allen, and Allen's up to 600K. That's, that's a, crazy. That's a sideways trade. It's actually to, crazy stuff. Allen to Fiorini, 80K. You, <laughs> you make 80K. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, yeah. But yeah, I will try and let it go, mate, because of your words of wisdom. Yeah. All I'm saying is in the future, just stay present, you know? Whatever you score from this point on is what you score. Don't live in the past. Okay, with those wonderful words of wisdom in mind, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. All right, just just quickly before we wrap up, I want to give a shout out to a very special man, Rad, the big J Desi. Appreciate you tuning in, my man. You are a legend and I love your work. We do love you, Rad. Awesome. All right, so um, thanks for listening this week. We hope you guys have had a better round of fantasy than we did. Um, we're looking forward to a bounce back week though. We've got all our primos back. Lockout has lifted. We've made our trades. I'm actually pretty pumped for the next round. I can feel it. It's going to be a big week. It is going to be a big week. I'm in hat contention still. So I'm pumped, mate. I am super pumped. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at the Cousins Pod. At the Cousins Pod. We do all our best work there. We just want to say thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin.